I'm just picturing this guy bursting in like, yes, what is going yes. on? This is Duo Shelf Indulgence Podcast. This season we're diving in into Uprooted, an adult novel by Naomi Novik. I've read this book several times, and this is Sally's introduction. And during the episodes, we're going to do small chapter chunks to explore the book. This episode focuses on chapter three to five, so if you haven't read this before, spoilers ahead. So grab a copy of this book and follow along with us. Sally, without going into like details, because obviously we're going to cover the whole shebang, what were your thoughts when you read this? Um, well, once again, I could not stop reading it, which is, I really, I love this dragon fellow. I really, I really do. And I, I love just, it's witty and it's funny. Like I laugh out loud reading this book and I really love a book that makes me actually laugh. Like I feel like it's such a writing, it's, it's a talent. It really is that she has. I agree. I laugh out loud quite a bit when I read this too. All right. So chapter three, we left our hero Agnieszka with the bad feeling that her experience compared to other former girls was different, which you weren't so I was confused about, but yes. So she starts to look for a way to escape or a way to attack the dragon with a knife. So although she's concerned because killing a person is not like butchering a pig, which very true, but I'm just going to say like the only way this makes sense to me that she gets to this point is she literally probably thinks that he's draining her life force or that she'll die from this or the exhaustion. Because I'm like, all the other girls up until now, 10 years, they're fine. So she probably was fine with that. But like, I, since she thinks that this is so yeah. different, she's like, this is going to kill me. I'm going to kill him. Yeah, there was some way that she described it where it's like him tormenting you or something. I was like, are you really being tormented? I'm not sure. But sure, go for the stabbing, I guess. <laughs> Well, and the other thing is, he's a wizard. He can do magic. So you're going to bring a knife fight to a wizard. Yeah. This isn't going to end well for you. And on the off chance, it does end well. Like, she'd probably be put to death for killing, especially yeah. a high important person within the kingdom's structure. Like, he is a lord. Yeah. He lords over the, these land chunks like yeah. most lords at the time at least especially in like medieval time would have like an army or something but he's like a magician so he doesn't need that but which i think is like her ultimate reason for not stabbing him right is she's like oh well he just they just kill me anyway and kill my family for killing him if i did I, yeah i think that was definitely one of the reasons um i think the other reason was that he when she got there I don't think she was going to go through with that at that point anyways. She was just thinking about it. But when she got there, he basically is like... Oh, yeah, I sent her away. Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, great. You gave me a breakfast. I don't want to see you the rest of the day. He didn't try to perform magic or anything. So she was like, yay, great, day off. Because a prince was coming. But she didn't know it was a prince at the time. So, she, yes, she sits in her room by herself throwing a pity party. When then, you know, she notices a carriage coming up the road visitors before you knew it was a prince who did you think was visiting i thought it was the king initially oh okay i thought so it was the actually king. a pretty good guess i liked how she went kind of through who the the royal family was pretty quickly too like i felt like i got a pretty decent idea of and i love the description of prince merrick the kid who was actually visiting he's the youngest of the two the older son's plain sensible already married to create an alliance to the kingdom and this guy is like hottie like a rock star yes, like a hero he's a hero yes. 
so tall, muscled, golden locks, like the traditional Prince Charming, essentially. And he has all these brave deeds he's done. He's killed a Hydra and, like, all this other stuff. And she's like, yes, great. You saying that is going to make me picture him as Prince Charming from Shrek now? Like, that is now going to be you saying that is, that's the image I, I now have. I mean, I feel like he's, at least in these cha- this chapter, he's a little smarter than that. Because that Prince Charming was pretty dumb, if I remember correctly, right? He was conniving, but yeah, not always. Like it was all but very his mom conceited. Was, that was the yes, it was very prince. conceited and narcissistic type of. Which he kind of is, but I mean, he's a prince, so that part at least is fair. Yeah. So she never. She only reason she knows it's the prince and can guess which prince it is is because the guards and the fact that he like has an exchange with the dragon outside that she hears out the window calling him His Majesty, so or prince or something. So she knows. Do you know why he's called the dragon yet? Um, I know why, but I don't know why. I don't think it mentions it. It's not a huge plot point. Okay. I can tell you if you want, otherwise we'll just wait. Okay. Uh, so she eavesdrops on their conversation while on the stairs. She's not really, doesn't really care, but she's probably bored. She's like, whatever. They're talking about the war with the neighboring country and the wood. Uh, the dragon makes the prince angry. He says the dragon, his brother, and others are all wrong, and then they go to their separate rooms. So then she gets this idea of like, oh, instead of killing the dragon, the prince can rescue me. Yes. Which is a very traditional trope. Yeah. The prince rescuing the girl from the dragon. Except this one's a guy, not yeah. a fire-breathing lizard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was interesting that she like, has this idea that she's going to get saved from him. Um, because she doesn't think that the laws would allow him to be treating her the way she is. So Which that's again, why... like, what, what did the man ever do to you? Well, so the just... kidnapping you and <laughs> making you perform magic, but really. But the performing magic drains her. Like, there are days that she's exhausted all day and basically sleeps all day. So, like, I guess if you don't understand what's going on, you don't know how long can you keep that up. I need to have more empathy for this girl. <laughs> You do. Let's, let's, let's take a few steps. Okay. Um, she goes to the kitchen to eat a small meal and kind of like practices and imagine what she's going to say to the prince. Chicken's out because she's not as brave as her friend Kasha and she ends up going back to her bedroom. Only the prince is in there. This was the first thing I flagged. Yeah. So I want to say trigger warning for viewers ahead. If you're uncomfortable with the salt scenes, just skip ahead a little bit. Uh, he talks about how she's not the dragon's normal beauty, which dude, I laughed. So I just it's nonstop for this girl. Like she cannot catch a break, but they're so funny about it. Like I couldn't even be mad. She's not even mad. She really is it, which is kind of sad. <laughs> he says that she should probably have other talents, and he kisses her and reaches up her skirts. No easing into it. And she's definitely shocked. She tries to jump away. He assumes it's because of what the dragon will think. He's like, it's fine. It's fine. Then she does try to push him away, but kind of half-hearted-ish, it sounded like, because she's confused. She's adjusting yeah. to the fact that this hero, this guy she's heard all much about, is like basically assaulting her. Scallywag. And she even mentions that, hey, not to him, but she kind of mentions as a narration that if he had asked and gave her time to think about it, she might have actually been wooed into bed. Yes. Which, I'm not sure how I felt about that part, but we'll get into more of that later. He also probably didn't expect her to say no because he's a prince, because, of course, at that time, like, 
you don't say no to a prince. I mean, I'm sure many would have wanted to. I'm sure there were many stories of people getting taken advantage of by higher-ups, but the higher-ups didn't yeah. care or didn't think anything of it. Yeah. So she starts to push him away, saying no. He ignores her. She freaks out because he's overpowering her and says the word for the dressing spell and is immediately engulfed in thick skirts and a corset that basically she says, like, snaps a trap between her and the prince so he can't touch her anymore. Which, for somebody who gets called an idiot all the time, like, is honestly a pretty solid, like, that's quick thinking. It is quick thinking. I I, I question whether she actually thought about it or it was just, like, this is the spell that came to mind. But it's a convenient one to have. It is a convenient one. I mean, it's also one of the few that she knows, so there's that too. She, he says, oh my gosh, you're a witch. She tries to explain herself, and she takes a tray and bashes him over the head. Not once, not twice, but multiple times. At which point, and I quote, the door burst open and the dragon was there in a long, magnificent dressing gown flung over his night shift with his eyes savage. Dot, dot, dot. I cackled. You idiot. What have you done now? I cackled. Like, I had to stop reading. I'm I'm just picturing this guy bursting in like, what is going on? But at the same time, it was like, just like you asked, like... It's such a serious scene, and it was. I had the same reservation with that one paragraph where she's like, Well, if he had just asked, I might have been like, Yeah, I'm down. But I was like, I don't know. It was. I, I sort of had that same hiccup with that paragraph, but then it, like, it went from such a serious scene where I was like, Oh my god, is she really gonna do this? And then mm-hmm. it was hilarious. So they try to see how the prince is faring now that she's not in immediate danger. She's like, Oh crap. Hit the prince, he might die, he's not looking good. I mean, we're talking blood and bruises everywhere on his face. Which, in today's society, I'm like, great, you go, girl, you do that. Because my dad always taught me, like, if you get attacked or whatever, you hit them and take them out. Like, you don't stop until they can't get you anymore. Good advice. Um, not so good advice if you live in this time period, because, you know, she is a peasant. He is a prince, royalty, so... Even just hitting him once over the head probably could get her head chopped off. So I can understand her concern. And even I was like, again, in today's society, I'm like, yes, great, do it. But not in this particular scene. I was like, was that a little overkill considering he is a prince? Yeah, because she kept going. She like, didn't just hit him once, like, knock him out. She like, really lit into this guy. So the dragon is trying to see how bad it is and starts telling her what potions to get, which just tells you how bad the prince is because he yeah. has to stay there and do spells and he trusts her, well not really trusts her, but at least needs her to go get these potions and basically says, you need to get this specific one, don't get this one, don't get this one, just do what you're supposed to for once. He saves the prince's life, although he's still unconscious, and asks her why she would dress like that if she wasn't planning to seduce him. Which, victim blaming. <laughs> yeah. But I also, like, I kind of thought there was going to be more here about, like, I thought you'd be a little bit more surprised that she had, like, used the spell on her own. Maybe he's just as like, it's about time, dumb yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> But Why haven't this... you been doing this all along? <laughs> but yeah, this, like, whole next paragraph, like, the next page where it finally started to elaborate a little bit on why she was chosen and why he's brought her here. Like, for the first time, I was like, ooh, I'm getting... Bits and pieces. Still not the whole picture, but... And now you do get a picture, at least, of that it was different for her. Yes. That she was not going to be the first choice. She would never have been a blip on his radar. 
she has the gift. Yes. So she realizes that she did a spell without him present and accuses him of making her a witch. And he's like, don't be ridiculous. Like, you're the last person I would ever basically want to teach this to. Which, fair assessment from basically just what we've gotten so far of her general klutziness, which is fine, but I agree, concur. Probably not the first choice either. And she realizes he is exhausted from all this magic using he did on the prince, and she had felt the same way, and she kind of suddenly makes a connection that all this energy draining was just her learning how to do this. Kind of like running long distance. You're not just going to be able to sprint, you know, a mile after no practice. Like, you're going to need... <laughs> you're going to, like, run a few minutes, build yeah. up that energy. Yeah. So, she finally makes the connection in her head. And this is a funny part. I was curious, too, when you realized that she could do magic on her own. Because when we left Chapter 2, I kind of misled you accidentally. Didn't mean to, but with... At least, why does she think? What does she think he's doing? And we came to this assessment that she thinks that he's using her energy to do magic or whatever, but not necessarily that she was a magic user. So when did you kind of put the pieces together yourself? I guess when she she used the spell like by herself, I was like, that's cool. I guess I guess I mean I kind of figured that he was teaching her something, but I figured that he like needed her for like a larger purpose, I guess. And this it seems more like she's actually just like a nuisance, like responsibility that he has to carry out and teach. Which is exactly true. Like he says, you know, he has to teach her because one, it's the king's law. Magic people need to be trained, and two, if she's left untrained where she is. Eventually, the wood will come after her. Something dark and magic will eat her and make her a truly remarkable horror. Yes. So, and then she says something really sad, which is, if I wasn't a witch, you know, would you, could I go home? Could you take it out of me? And he says no, and she believes him. Which I believe him, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying not saying wait, that. I did, too. Should I not have believed him? I just, I think it's really sad. She's like, I just don't want this. But she gets to see her family again. Not to skip ahead, but... We're skipping ahead. Sorry. <laughs> but yes, like, she does. So, they discuss why the prince originally came to the tower, and it was to get the dragon to go into the wood and rescue his mother. So then you get the story that the crown prince Vas- Vasily of Roza, which is a country they're now at war with, visited 20 years ago. He fell in love with Queen Hana. They ran away together, and she left her two sons behind, including Prince Merrick. And then ancient Greek vibes going on, tragedy. Yes, I was thinking that too, yeah. They run into the wood because the soldiers are pursuing them, and I'm assuming... I'm assuming they didn't really think about the dangers quite as much. Yeah. And the end. Because <laughs> the woods never lets anyone go. And she assumed they were dead because you can't just stroll yeah. into the woods and bring anyone out. Dragon says she's not dead, but, you know, there's no getting her out. Like, she's deeply entangled yeah. in her. But this is where, this is where she starts using the wood as, like, an actor, like, a character in and of itself. And I was like, oh, I see it now. So she's saying, like, the wood was doing this on purpose, like, well, what is responsible. And the funny thing is, is like the only reason I assumed Wood was a character to start with, because they always use capital letters when describing it, which also could just be its name. Yeah. Because, I mean, it doesn't really have a name, but yeah. that's why I always thought of it as a character. Because it's interesting. I, I, I caught that. I was like, oh my god, I see it now. Uh, 
So he dis and the dragon dislikes the prince because he's like he only wants to use me for the magic and he's got a big ego from like things like the Hydra story, which turns out was a day old Hydra, a baby Hydra, which hilariously Agnieszka thinks none of the songs had ever mentioned that the Vandalus Hydra being one day old diminished the story more than a little. (laughs) So then she asks about like what are they gonna do with him because. Obviously, you can't have him remember her bashing him over the head. Yeah. So she asks if they can take out the memory. And he's like, no, no, you can't just leave. What are we going to do? Leave a gap in the memory? Like, everyone questioned that. Yeah. So then she asks if they can change it to, like, think something else. Maybe that he was just went to bed. And he's like, you know, that's not bad, but the problem is, is memories are very tricky. You don't know when people get these ideas. And he insinuates that since, based on how he reacted with everything and his, um, the way the prince thinks of the dragon, that he probably intended to do this for a while. It wasn't something he just, I'm just going to randomly walk into her yeah. bedroom and yeah. to her. <laughs> But he was also interested in the map. I'm still, I'm kind of interested in the map, too, though. The map that is, is like, living-ish. Yeah. That she's, like, covered because she's, like, this creeps me out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it will ever be relevant, but... I'm going to remain quiet about okay. it all. So, yeah. So, he's like, we can't just, like, implant the memory because we don't know if he decided to do this, you know, when he decided to do this. Like, even if we say, think make him think, oh, I just went up to stairs and went to bed after dinner. If he had intended to have his way with you way back when he left the kingdom, like, yeah. it's, he's going to question it. So his great decision is, I'm going to make him think it happened. And she's like, no. But bad. <laughs> no. But you weren't any good at it. Yes. She, all giggles and elbows and just awkward first time. And she's like, fine. <laughs> So then he leaves the next day, he's all smug and everything, but he frowns just as he leaves, so dun-dun-dun-dun, does his memory come back? Who knows? I forgot about that, but he like, looks back at her. So, uh, one of the questions I asked you that we were going to go through at the end, we'll just do now, because it's very relevant. So how do you feel the author handled the assault scene with the prince? Did the tone work, or was it played off as too funny? Because obviously there were some problematic issues. It, we could we could at least say that it's because of that time period or this specific world yeah. where, like, he blames her for it. Like, because obviously you're dressed that way. Of course he wants his way with you. Yeah. Or the fact that the prince just assumes he can do this to her. It doesn't matter. She's a peasant. Like, she's, even if she's saying no, he's still going to do it to her. Yeah. Like, and obviously there are some funny quips when the dragon is insulting her about this. So, like, how did you feel about the overall tone? It's such an interesting question, because I don't know if you've watched Outlander or read the Outlander books, but... I've read some of them. I never finished them. I've only watched the show, but there's a scene, I think it's in the first season, where basically Jamie, the the main male character, is disciplining his wife and beats her with a belt, and they turned it into this really humorous scene that, like, it it's very jarring and like I remember at the beginning of the scene I was like I'm never gonna like this character again like this is it he has crossed the line I'm done I'm out 
and then like they turned it into like this really kind of amusing scene where it's like back and forth between like this like terrifying like oh shit like he's actually gonna hit her and then like at the same time like she's like throwing frying pans at him and like you know like getting back at him essentially and, like cussing him out it was sort of the same thing I guess sort of the same feel of like like I really was kind of on edge like is she actually going to have this character be assaulted because it was kind of really up in the air there for a sec um, then mm -hmm. I was like, no, I know the dragon is about to come along here. I know, <laughs> I know he's coming, but at the same time, she really did make it so funny when he did get there that, I don't know, it, it was something that I thought about a lot when I was reading it. I guess it's, it's just something especially to think about, because, like, I'm lucky I've never been in a situation where that has happened to me, but, like, I guess, how would a reader who had that happen and didn't get away feel yeah. about this kind of situation and the fact that he he essentially does get away with it he thinks that they did they were together yeah. and like for now i feel like karma comes back around we have not seen the last of this prince fellow and he will get his comeuppance either way it's at least good to think about how authors do these kind of scenes yeah. what did you think about it what was your i mean i when I first read it, I wasn't thinking as deeply into it, so I just was like, oh, this is really funny, but knowing a few people who've gone through things, I'm like, what would they feel? Yeah. And also just in today's society and things going on, we just, I guess it's just authors just have to be careful when yeah. they're writing such scenes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're not going to have every person's experience, you know, some people do fight back, some people get away, some people... Yeah. But you just have to just be careful not to, like, just blase it, so... That's one reason I'm not a huge fan of Fifty Shades of Grey, because they don't portray that kind of relationship like an authentic relationship, usually. Preach, Aaron. Preach. Uh, usually in those kind of situations, doms and subs aren't the same in the regular relationship. It's, it's usually reversed when they're yes. intimate. Usually someone who's in a high-powered position in the office is usually yeah. more enjoys being the sub in a relationship. Yeah. Not it's all, all consensual, time. like, in the And it's all consensual. There is hard words. There's always hard boundaries. Yeah. So the fact that those books became so popular when those boundaries were broken and that no one, as far as I'm aware, in that kind of lifestyle world would ever bring in someone who's never even had sex. So... I'm like, this is a bad portrayal, and it's also influencing a lot of people who aren't part of that society, and people yeah. who might be in bad relationships to think you're okay. We should have had this conversation, like, seven years ago. <laughs> I was on, like, the rampage when Fifty Shades of Grey became popular. I was like, this is not accurate. This is not a good depiction of... Right, so, like, in this, I'm not saying this is bad depiction at all. It's just something to always consider in these kind of scenes. Yeah. And, like, I think the author did do it pretty well. She does fight back. She does win. Yes. And it is Love that. pretty funny that she just keeps hitting him with a tray. Yes. But I do think some of the parts were problematic. Again, the victim blaming, especially since he's like, oh, Dita never really says, I'm sorry that I blamed you at that. I didn't realize that that wasn't your intention. Yeah. You know, he never acknowledges that she did that to basically keep him from ripping this tiny dress off. Yeah. And, again, the fact that she even slips in, like, oh, well, you know, I might have wanted it if he just asked. Yes, that that was the, that's the paragraph that I was like, ooh. Yeah. But I felt like the tension of the scene was built up so well where I really didn't know if it was going to happen or not. And it had me on edge, it really, yeah. which is good writing. Good writing. But, yes, that was the paragraph where I was like, ooh. Yeah. 
Chapter four. So Agnieszka has magic and training begins, or I should say training continues. She just now understands what's going on. Here we have another insult on the first page of this chapter. <laughs> oh, I want you to see my book. See these yellow markings? Yes. These are all parts where he's insulting her in these two, three chapters. I want you to be know that there's like at least 12 yellow flags in here yes. where he's insulting her. Yes. And some of them are just like, he insulted her a couple times on this page, but I'm not using a yellow flag for each time because I don't want to get run out of my little uh, note takers. They're just funny. He's, I, and not just him, it's like her response too. Like she's, she's like, my father's a woodcutter and he just like. I love that line. He roared at me furiously for 10 minutes after he finally managed to put out the sulky determined fire, which by the way, I'm just saying she was supposed to put fire into a fireplace and it ended up on a different floor in a yes. different room. And destroyed he, the curtains, I believe. Yes. He calling me a witless mutton headed spawn of pig farmers. My father is a woodcutter, I said. Of X-wing lummox, he snarled. I love how he changes his insult <laughs> yes, halfway just... through to like yes. accommodate her. Yes, that was literally I was like I was like, I'm flagging that. I was like, that's a good one. It's a brilliant line. This man would would have me body and soul. <laughs> Be sold. Uh, I will say, personally, I went the route when I first read this was. Dum dum, you're magical. He's teaching you magic. So I was very happy when we finally got to chapter four and she realized yes. it. Yes. So I thought it was really interesting that your perspective was it could be something else. And I'm like, I never thought of it before. I was just yelling at her because she was a dum dum. I mean, that too. <laughs> uh, she mentions she does wish she was better, especially because he's clearly frustrated with her and that he mentioned in chapter three that we don't pick to, he wouldn't have picked her for a student. She starts to also look back and realize all the time she felt the forest move around her, that she could forage for the best food, that yes. she found the non... Remember when she found the non-poisoned berries in the green summer? All because she had magical powers. Yes. So, months go by. She's still not great. And it's midwinter time, so like three months probably since he took her to the tower. Because like they took her to the tower in like yeah. October, so... Yeah, I think she says like three or four months at some point in here. Yeah, so it has to be, like, December or January. Yeah. She's glum because she can't go to the feast that goes along with this holiday and resorts to using magic without him to make a meal of this gorgeous feast, but it doesn't help because, of course, she's not with her family, her friends, her village, doesn't taste good in the context, which I totally get. Although, I did get really hungry reading about the golden sweet dough, roast pork, and peas. And had I thought a, that was really I'd well take a, I'd take a snack break. Really? <laughs> As I was reading, I was like, this is a really great description of food. Usually I, I don't like long descriptions of yeah. things, especially food, because they get bogged down, but I'm like, it just sounds really good. Yeah, it's just a feeling, yeah. So two days after this, she's still pretty down when someone comes riding up to the tower. He comes to fetch the dragon because there is a chimera in the yellow marshes, which the dragon's confused because he guess it's not the right time, and she's like, why does it matter? He goes to the lab with her, and he tells her that they come from certain eggs, asks her to fetch certain potions, she almost gives him a fire one. Where he assaults her again, because it would make the chimera basically invincible with fire. He tells her he's not sure how long he'll be unless he dies, which means he won't go back, which I thought was pretty funny. Like, yeah, it might be gone a few days, a week, month. Might die. <laughs> die. Might not come back. We don't know. We'll see. She's surprised and upset that he's not taking her, and he's like, no, hard pass. That's a bad idea, which I'm like... Dude, you set fire to the wrong floor of the house. Yeah. Let's put you near a fire-breathing lizard. <laughs> yep. Or 
whatever Chimera looks like, which I'm realizing I think I'm mixing up with a different mythological creature in my head. It's got like the wings and the... the crazy? Are they damn... Yeah. Uh, Serpent's tail, bat wings, goat's head. Yes, the goat's head, that's it. Not the lion. The, not the one that looks like a lion. It's the one that looks like a goat. So he leaves on the horse to wherever the yellow marshes are. She's surprised he doesn't just appear there like he did at her village, but guesses it's too far. I also figured it would be too draining. You know, he needs the strength to fight this magical creature. Why would you drain it all jumping miles away? So she watches him leave. She chills in her room. And then, again, it's around the holidays, so she's really bored and lonely. She's watching outside the window, falls asleep, wakes up to fires burning through the different villages with a little fire beacon, just like in uh, Lord of the Rings, where they're signaling to the dragon that there's danger here. Yes. But he's gone. But he's gone. She uh, lists the times that it happened, like the green summer, the snow mares, whatever those were, when vines came and swallowed some houses that were really near the woods. She realizes that there are nine. She counts and realizes that the problem is at her village. And the dragon's gone. And she's like, oh my god, this is bad. This is why magic is important. This is why she's learning magic. What a thought. <laughs> what a concept. I know. I was like, face palm. <laughs> But she really does, like you had asked, she really does just immediately, she's like, okay, I'm going. Like, yep, no she thought whatsoever. She some potions together and not, like, makes potions like she throws already made potions to the bag. Which, I will say, she's smart enough to at least only go for one so she knows what they do. Yes. So but she, still, she even takes, then. She gets a green plant one, she gets the one that she throws herself with, and she gets the fire one. Then she knots all these dresses together to, and then climbs out the window because, like, she can't get out the door. That was the weird thing about the tower is that there's no way to get in around yeah. without the dragon, so. Clearly, she has a plan in place. She runs to the nearest village through the snow, which, again, like, it's about eight villages away from where she lives, I'm assuming. They're confused, shocked. They know she's, like, the dragon girl. They think she's run away. No one's ever done that before. They've never seen a dragon girl out of the tower before ten yeah. years. She's trying to get him to be like, no, I need to go to the village, I need to go to the village, and they're like, no, no. Which I get, because again, it's never happened. Yeah. She wants to go to the village where her family is, like, that's weird. It looks suspicious. So again, she does that nice little dressing spell, it's just like her go-to trick. Dresses her out in a black, beautiful gown, says something not stupid, not like, give me there, and so they take her to the village. Yeah. It was, was smart. Like, that was a pretty short chapter. It was. It was just all, uh, this is what she's doing. But she really did, like, not, there was not a second thought in that head. She was just like, okay, I guess I'm going. Which is really funny because there was a lot of second thoughts when she was going to talk to the prince about what the dragon was doing to her. Yeah. In comparisons to her and her best friend, Kasha, about how she is not as brave as her. Yeah. But no, she, she couldn't go face this by herself. Brave or stupid. <laughs> Maybe both. a little bit of both. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. So she's glad they're taking her there and thinks, thank goodness, they don't realize how small and easy that spell was. Very unprepared. If I didn't assume she's the main character, I would have been like, 100% chance she's gonna die. Like, if she yeah. wasn't the main character of this book, I would have been like, <laughs> you're not lasting <laughs> Good luck. But hey, I mean, she could still die. Don't tell me. It could be some Game of Thrones type 
type stuff. It takes them a while to get there. They change horses at some point. They have no idea what specifically is going on in her village, only that it's very bad. They meet up with Kasha on the road. On the way there, Kasha's back. She joins them, although clearly like, why are you here? What's going on? Is she going to be evil or something? What do you mean? Is the best friend going to be like bad or something? Why would I tell you that? I don't... Don't tell me, but... Don't don't look at me either. <laughs> I don't want to know. But it's just like she's too endearing at this point. Like, they're all too endearing. Somebody's got to give, you know? The dragon's supposed to not be endearing. There's no way he's not intended to be endearing at this point. She is not making him this funny. Not knowing what she's doing to my heart. So Kasha's in male clothes that are worn and plain, but Agnieszka finds an odd contrast in her formal clothes. She's spelled on to get them to believe she's a witch. She tells Kasha what happened, who puts two and toge- two together. Like, oh, that makes sense. I always thought weird things happened around us. Like, yes. I I saw branches, like, reaching out to you whenever we were playing in the forest. Not the wood, the forest. Because, again, they're a couple miles away from Yes. Yeah, so she's not, like, just super clumsy and dirty. It's like there were actual reasons for why she was always a mess and why her dresses were always torn and why she was always Which dirty. makes so much more sense because yes. no girl can't, not, not even girl, no one can, can try to be so clean and get that dirty so yes. fast. Yes. I thought that was such an interesting paragraph. I was really interested in that. The problem in the village is cows. 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 Mad cows. Mad cows. So basically bitten by very weird wolves, rabies, but magical rabies. Yeah. They were a villagers named Jersey who had been very poor by village standards, like really poor, saving years to get these three cows. When something magic, strange, magical happens to an animal, it's supposed to be put down at once, no questions asked, but because of pride and desperation of how long it took to save up for the cows and the fact that his wife's pregnant, he didn't want to lose the income, but unfortunately affected all of his cows and then other villagers' cows, so until they finally separated these cows from the others. So the villagers are reinforced defenses, but like they're crazy cows. I also really love that her village is led by a woman. Like mm-hmm. I did not expect that at all, but that's true. Why don't you talk more about that? Because I did not mention that at all in these pages, which makes me sad now. I remember no, like I remember thinking at the beginning of the book when they're talking about um, the girls being chosen or her being chosen, I guess this year. Um, and it was like kind of briefly mentioned that the. It was a woman who led their village. I remember thinking, oh, that's interesting, but I didn't think she'd ever return because I thought she's going to send 10 years away and we're not going to see this woman again. But it's really cool that, like, it actually is a woman who's not only, like, in charge, but she's taking charge and she's, like, leading this effort to subdue these crazy cows. And we use crazy with a caveat of saying mad cow disease and not crazy as in people. Yes. Because that's a bad word that we're not supposed to use anymore. No, you're fine. I make a mistake all the time. So the only way to get rid of this corruption is burning or beheading. She needs her family help to gather wood, because of course they're woodcutters. Uh, she sends Kasha ahead. Her family's shocked, devastated to see her. Lots of crying. Because obviously she's not going to stay there. Yeah. But hey, she gets to say goodbye, essentially. Yeah, I love that. It was sort of a... Uh, I don't know if that helps at all or makes it worse, but it's there. She got to see her mother. I thought that was really nice. And this is like the time when I was like, oh, maybe it is kind of sad that she gets taken for 10 years. Like, this is the point where I was like, okay, I guess that, that, that would kind of suck. After this, they all go to the cows. They get angry if they get wounded, which, I mean, cows are diseased, but fair. I'd get mad if I get poked with a pitchfork, too. <laughs> the villagers get wood, straw to 
build up. She uses uh, Potion the Fireheart, which uh, one drop is insane, just annihilates these cows. But these cows aren't, like, again, they're corrupted, so they're not just cows. They band together, try to break down the fence. The villagers are nervous because it's so easy for this corruption to spread. Agneshka uses a spell to repair the fence. And then another awesome woman, this old woman. Yes! <laughs> it's just... The only one really bashing away at a cow to get it to not come through, and then the spell makes this, like, blunt pull, like, into a spear that kills the cow, which I just thought was really funny that this, this little lady's like, nope. Yeah. She said, I'm too sour to die. Which is hilarious. Yeah. I know many people like that. I love that, though. The women in this book are baddies. That is true. They're solid. So it takes a while for everything to to go through probably an hour or so. No one's super happy. Obviously, this puts the financial debt in the village because it's not just his whole cows are wiped up, but some of the other people's cows were wiped up too. Uh, she mentions that some corruption has been saved by the dragon when people don't completely disappear. If they, they can't be saved, they'll either run into the wood and never be seen again, or the dragon will take them away and they just disappear. <coughs> Killed. Uh... I mean, come on, you can't help that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, they go to his house where his wife is just exhausted, drained of energy, heavily pregnant. In the bedroom, Jersey's tied to the bed with black nails and toes and sores and a terrible face. He calls her a little witch and laughs, telling her to come close, come close. Which, like, I thought was interesting because it shows that this corruption isn't just, like, mad cow disease. Like... Or something that, almost like yeah. a possession, I would say. Yeah, like it recognizes the magic in her as well. Right, because obviously Jersey wouldn't know that she's magical. Yeah. He would know her because yeah. she's from the same village, but he wouldn't know she's a witch. I thought that was interesting too. So like, yeah. the weird possession thing going on. Except a little bit of an exorcism type scene here. He's <laughs> tied to the bed, like screaming at her. Yeah. So she tries some spells and things to save him. Kasha helps by like helping tip his head back to keep him from biting her, because obviously they don't want to get infected, which I think she's awesome, like, sidekick, like, no fear from her whatsoever. Nothing works. He tells her to try again and keeps trying to get her to come close, knowing she can't save him. She uses a stone potion to freeze him, so essentially statue. Hopefully dragon can do something. So Kasha and Agnashka go through the village with Kasha supporting her because all the magic made her tired. They talk about how it's strange that Kasha was going to be the one who's ready to go, and then things went so differently when she left. Things are just, like, normal. It's like she never was there. Until they were interrupted by wolves. This is definitely Beauty and the Beast vibes. I got that, too. Let's see. But not, like... Those wolves are just, like, normal wolves. Yeah. These are, like, weird wolves. Scarier wolves. She tells Kasha to run. Kasha drags her to a house. Pretty brave since obviously wolves are pinpointed on her before the wolves can like circle them and cut them off. She uses a green vial to bring all these vines, vegetables, pumpkins to life in the dead of winter, which grab the wolves, poke them. One gets smooshed by a pumpkin, (laughs) which is just a really great scene. (laughs) Like I'm just imagining this like pumpkin falling on a wolf. Yep. They get to a stable, lock themselves in. However, again, they're not dumb animals. After they realize they can't get through the door, they go through the window. 
desperate. She uses a spell for, I think, sharpening kitchen knives. Was that the spell she used? Yeah. And tried to <coughs> make a piece of metal a shield, or she made something yeah. a shield. Which it sounds like it's a big shield, because, like, they're both hiding behind it. I was kind of, like, picturing, like, a smaller, but then she's, like... Yeah, and it took me a while to realize that they're... I had to think of how a shield works. They're probably both grabbing the inside of it, because, like... Yeah. uh, And Kasha has an axe to kind of keep them away. They're at a wall, though. And suddenly the wall gets blown away. The dragon is there. He just destroys the wolves with the spell, breaking them like twigs. Starts to insult her, because, of course... Can't can't go ten minutes without saying something mean to her. Honestly, it's kind of fair though. He did say, "Stay here, don't do anything, don't touch anything." And not only does she do something and touch everything, like she literally <laughs> goes out of her way to disobey everything. Which I mean, I guess do your thing. It's very brave and save your people. But like, she kind of had it coming at that point. And it's true because again, like. From a non-reader perspective, you would definitely assume death comes her way. Yeah! But, I mean, she's doing solid so far, I guess. I also kind of like that the spells are very, um, like, casual. Like, you can kind of just, like, drop syllables and it'll still kind of have the intended effect. Like, in Harry Potter, it's, like, very specific. Like, you have to get the wording right, you have to get the wand movement right, you have to get, like, your your mental state right, but for this it's like, if you just drop off a couple letters then same thing, really. And it just what it says is it degrades the spell, so like, yeah, Yeah. I didn't talk about it earlier but like, she doesn't like those fancy clothes because she can't breathe, she can't work in them, they're impossible to get in and out of, and he says just slow her a little bit, drop a syllable and like, she does, and it's like a much more manageable dress, it's so nice looking it's not covered in dirt, but it's not like corseted and poofy and like I also think how he's like, if you haven't figured it out by now, like, she's supposed to know these things. Like, okay, maybe tell her. I mean, you didn't even thought to her that she's a witch. Yeah, like, help a girl out here. Also, like, doesn't he insult her and was like, if you're done dressing yourself, can we move on? (laughs) Yep. So anyways, he's berating her about leaving the tower, and Kasha yells out a warning, and the pumpkin wolf jumps at them. The dragon does a spell, but a little too late, he kills it, but it catches him with a claw, which is immediately bad. You know that's bad. Bad. He clamps his hand on his arm, kind of like making a tourniquet, using power to keep the corruption at bay, just keeping it, like, keeping it from spreading by, just like you would a snake bite. And basically this takes all his energy, his fingers are already turning bad colors. He tells her the spell to get to the tower. She gives the rest of the fire potion to Kasha, tells her if they don't come out of the tower in, like, a day or two, burn it to the ground. The dragon's like, yes, I prove this message. (laughs) One positive thing that he says. Which, let's point out, she never says anything positive when it comes to her, so we know how bad this is. Yes. If he's like, good, yep, great, do that. One word, he gives her one word, but it's affirmative. It's a good... Yeah. It's also very bad, if you think about it, because it's like, oof. Yes. But I love that. I love that she's, like, she very quickly, like, without reserve, she's like, yeah, I'm going to take him back, try to fix this, and if it doesn't work, then... Burn us to the ground. Yes. She performs a spell and takes herself back to the tower, and that's the end of the chapter! And I knew it was going to kill you to end there on a huge cliffhanger, but there is a lot that happens in these three chapters, so I didn't want to stop reading ahead. <laughs> I didn't want, you know, 
to have to, because like, there's a lot that goes on in these three chapters, yeah. so oh, I yeah. didn't want to, like, add more to it, but yeah, it's well, a great cliffhanger to It really on. is. I'm excited. I'm hoping, like, you know, obviously I was hoping that there would sort of be a friendship and a mutual respect that would form, and I feel there's, like maybe we're... There's really not. No? I wouldn't say mutual respect. I'm just saying right now, there's really not a mutual respect. Well, not right now, but I mean, like, I'm hoping over time. Like, I thought maybe in these chapters, like, she would start to uh, no. be like, okay, you're not torturing me. Like, I'm learning magic. That's kind of cool. But she didn't even get to the positives of, I should learn magic until... Yeah, literally. Chapter five. So, yes, I'm very... But, I mean, it, it still does give me kind of Beauty and the Beast vibes where it's like, okay, she takes him back to the castle and she's, like, treating his wounds. So, um... I'm ready. So question time. We already talked about scene chapter three. So you do you feel like their relationship has changed a little bit in these last couple chapters since she's learned he's not a magical demon stealing thing? Or is it still kind of the same? I mean, she does at one point still want to murder him. Yeah, so a few things. So I guess one of the things that I was wondering was when he comes up, when she's, like, being attacked by the prince and the dragon comes up, why does he come up? Like, does he know that she's being attacked and he's not, like, cool with her being attacked? Or did he just, like, hear a commotion and he's like, what the hell is going on up there? Like, because he, he doesn't seem to have a problem if she wanted to seduce the prince. He's like, well, why'd you wear that dress? So, like... But that also questions, like... I, I agree, it's not clear in that why he's, like, bursting through the chamber. So, like, is yeah. it that he felt the magic and he's like, why is she performing magic? What's all the commotion? Yeah. Is it the fact that there was a commotion and she's, like, a basket case, so we should probably check on why there was a huge commotion? It Was it the fact that the prince, he assumed the prince was in there? Like, because he also, like, he doesn't seem to care if she does, but at the same time, like, he's... He... Seemed pretty upset when he came in, and then he's like, well, if you were going to seduce him, why were you wearing this? Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a protective thing, like, get your hands off of her, but then it wasn't. He was like, well, why are you wearing that? (laughs) So, so initially I was like, okay, maybe he's getting like a little protect, like he thinks that she's obnoxious and an idiot, but he's still like, you're not going to touch this lady while she's living in my tower. But then it wasn't that, and then I was like, okay, well, he just kind of saved her, sort of, from being attacked, so maybe she will stop thinking that he's gonna, like, throw her in an oven every two minutes? Like, maybe at some point we're gonna get... I mean, he at least seemed to care about her enough that he didn't want the memories to stick around, that he wanted to keep her safe from that. So, again, it's not really clear why he came bursting into the room. Was he just trying to stop it? Was he mad that she was doing it? If she wasn't mad she was doing it, why would he burst in there in the first place? Yeah. I think they're going to bond, though, now. I think now that they're going back to survives, their tower. If he When he survives, <laughs> just tell me he's not going to turn into, like, a Tamlin. <laughs> just I'm not going to tell you anything. So there's no Tamlin. But I really, I can see, like, this is one of those things where I'm, like, on edge now where I'm, like, everybody is too endearing. I like them all too much. Somebody is going to turn around and stab somebody in the back or do something bad, and I'm going to be like, you mother. My, my money's on Kasha, which makes me sad. So before you read Chapter 5, what were your thoughts on the dragon leaving Agnieszka going to fight this on her own? Especially with her clumsiness and zero training skills. And would you have made the same choice? 
that was an interesting question too. I don't think I would have, and that kind of makes me feel like maybe I'm not, well, I don't know, if I thought that my family was in danger, then maybe, but I guess it just kind of almost seems too easy. She's like, so I just tied all these dresses together. Like, she's been sitting there for like four months, like, how do I escape? How do I get away? And then like, in the span of like 10 minutes, she's like, I'm just gonna tie these dresses together, jump out this tower, and... She really, it really drives her into action. It does! And so I guess, I don't know, it was very, very quick thinking, I guess. But I don't Which know. Which is also Pardon a little me. confusing on the character, just because, again, she's so wishy-washy, but this yeah. pushes her. But then again, like, I mean, you never know what events might push you to do something. Yeah, so I'm like, if I was driven by, like, my family being in imminent danger... I like but to at the same I time, would if it was my family in danger. I hard pass know that if it wasn't my family in danger, I might sit back and wait for him to come back. <laughs> Yeah, like, and even if I did go, I don't think I'd just, like, grab a bunch of potions and throw it, like, after getting frozen at one point by the one potion and, like, knowing the damage that, like, the fire one can do, maybe I'd be a little more cautious than throwing a bunch of potions together in a bag and running off down the street, but I don't, and she just kind of, she's like, yeah, I'll try this spell, see if it works, and I'm like, you, you don't know if that might have a, a negative effect. Like this it might make their claws sharper. Yes, this could be so much worse. Like you're really just taking a risk here, and it seems to pay off in these chapters. So I mean, I guess it works. But I guess I does that also mean that she has an instinct for this? Yeah, she's just been repressing. Yeah. Who knows? Again, nothing's clear. I kind of judged her for it. I was like, because you know, I I love the dragon, so I was like, listen to this man. He will not lead you astray. And like Are part sure. Of, Part of it was just, like, judging her, I was like, you need to do what this man says, but then also I'm like, fuck a man, don't was, do what he says. I was gonna say, I know you're, like, hardcore shipping this dragon guy, but I will say, in real life, you would not be shipping this I person would if not. this was a real person in I real life. I would not. Well, I'm, no. I'm just saying, in all fairness, if a guy was insulting you every five minutes If it was this witty. You, <laughs> no, that's true, that's true. He, he's mean. He's, he's mean. mean. I'm not saying, like, again, I agree. This book is yeah. really funny. I'm just saying, like, I, it's also an interesting perspective of how we view characters. Yes. And how we, oh, absolutely. How we view real life. Absolutely. So how do you feel about the wolves? And so, like, you do now consider the woods a character. Yeah, that was such an interesting, between the, the her talking about, like, they all knew that it was the woods. The woods had done it, like, on purpose. The woods had let them in there and thought that was interesting. And then Kasha talking about how, like, the, the branches would reach out for her dress, and I was like, oh, yes, this definitely is something I'm going to keep an eye on now. See, I wasn't clear if the branches reaching out to her were... Were the woods or, or the it was, woods, or if yeah. it was just, like, nature responding to the yeah. magic. And again, I don't think that's clear there, because, again, they're pretty... They're not, like, super far away from the wood, but, like, for village standards in that time period, they're, they're decently far from the wood. Yeah. So, like, the forest they're playing in isn't the dangerous one. So I just, I wasn't Just the sure. idea of, like, nature, like, having its own... But it seems not to have noticed her, because it did shift. Like, the woods, the wolves did come after her after all this magic was performed. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was then that she just, like, lit True. a nice little beacon overhead, like, here I True. am. True. Because the dragon said, the second reason that I can't just leave you alone is because we don't know once we yeah. find you what's going to happen to you. That was interesting. That was interesting, too. So... What do you think will happen next? And what questions do you have now? I think that... Oh, maybe this is just wishful thinking. I, I wishfully think that they will maybe develop some mutual trust and respect for one another. 
that she will tend to his his wounds. It really is giving Beauty and the Beast a little bit, but um, except these aren't just claw marks; these are yes, like he's using all of his strength to keep this here yeah. at his arm instead of. She's gonna have to do more magic. Her. She's gonna have to <laughs> learn a little bit more magic than what she's got. But I don't know. I you know me like I don't really theorize usually, but. I don't know why I'm shipping this so hard. I think it's because, like, I, I went from Akatar <laughs> to this and, of course, reading Midnight Sun right now. Like, I'm in just a headspace, I think, of really toxic relationships that I'm like, yes, go, go. Toxic relationships. Love it. Honestly, Midnight Sun is a, a trip. But, no, I, I, I don't know what it is about. I don't know why I'm shipping the, these two. I think they're both funny, and I think that they just bounce off each other so well, which is obviously the writing, but... It works, I guess. And she does seem to, especially after she realizes, oh, I'm magical, seems to definitely bounce off him more. Yes. Yes. Because she even tells her mom, it's he's not bad. Yeah. The, and he didn't do anything to me. He's not touching Yes, he's not being a creep. But that's the thing, I guess I kind of thought, like, maybe he would protect her from other creeps, but then he didn't really seem that intent on protecting her from the other creeps. So it's like, maybe not as... So I guess in the next chapter, you think they're going to... Bond. Yes! That's the perfect word for it. I think they're going to bond. Okay. So you think she's, she's going to get rid of his... Whatever's going on in his arm. Hopefully. Or is it not? Hopefully. I mean, I think she's going to try. Whether she's successful or not, I do not know. But I think she's going to try and help him. But I thought it was really interesting. Like, I did not expect her to be like, yeah, sure, let's go. Like, I thought, like, this is an opportunity. Like, this guy could die. See ya. I'm free. But, like, she does acknowledge that, like, it could be worse if the woods, like, claims him or, like, turns him into something else. She's like, okay, this is not just, like, my opportunity to get away. This is, like, serious. I like that. They're all solid. Like, they're all solid characters. So besides the questions on their relationship, do you have any other questions that you're wondering will be answered in the future? I still want to... So why? Why do these girls have to be trained why is it just the girls why is it just one of them is there really only one every 10 years who has these magical abilities why does she have these magical abilities is kasha really going to be a bad guy i don't know like is somebody going to be i feel like somebody at some point is going to be like a well we already got one bad guy who was very charming and pretty i will say um to not get you to off the wrong train. Like, she is correct. She is the only one that was different with why he picked her. Okay. Oh, and I'm also curious about the queen and the... What's-his-face? He ran off into the woods. And that they're still alive after, what, 20 years? Interesting. I'm interested to see where that goes, too. It is... I I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, very Greek. Very Greek mythology. Yeah, so, like, this is a very dense book. So, like... It's interesting to see where the plot goes and what thread is actually pulled. Because, like, there's a lot of little different side stories here. Am I not on the right track? Like, is it... I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's... it, It... See... For me reading this, it took a while, I feel like, for the book to get to the... Not the point, because again, it was a very love. It's been a very lovely few chapters. Like it's been enjoyable, yeah. but it does take a while to kind of build up to what happens through the book. Okay, like Tacky's Revolt, <laughs> but in a very different. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we will see what happens next episode when we do chapters six through eight. So excited to get three again. You get three again, but then you have to stop. 
until we stop. record next. They really, these really are working. Please tell me to shut up if I talk too much. I hate to interrupt.